everybody. Welcome to the First Pres Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast channel or our YouTube channel for the latest Sunday messages. We're so glad that you're listening, and we are praying that the following message inspires you to take your next steps towards Jesus. Good morning, church, right where you are. I'm so glad that you're giving this time to the Lord. You're in the right place at the right time. And I don't know where you are, and I don't know what time it is, but you're giving this hour to the Lord, and he meets you in that place. It becomes a sacred hour as you give your heart over to worship the Lord. We're continuing in our our series, The Beautiful Story. We're going to look at Genesis 15. Genesis 15, 1 to 6. I encourage you to open your Bibles, have them open in front of you. And as we open the scriptures, let's open our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Lord our God, we have no no hope of truly understanding the letters on this page, except that you send your Holy Spirit and you speak your living word to us and we hear from you a word full of grace and truth. So we pray, Jesus, that you would do that in your mercy. Speak to us this morning. It's you that we long to hear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Genesis 15. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if you indeed can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. A beautiful promise. Down in my basement in the storage area of our house is a, um, a German cuckoo clock. It was bought, I was born in Germany, and my family... Uh, bought it there. And I remember growing up as a kid, it was in the kitchen and it would go off, you know, all the time. Cuckoo. And, I, and so I have it now. Why do I have it in the basement? Uh, well, it's in the basement because it's broken. Uh, it, it doesn't work. The, uh, there's missing pieces. That, there's missing hands. I mean, there's a lot wrong with it. So why is it in my basement? Because I have plans to fix it. I mean, I, I've had... I've had plans to fix it for years. Maybe not plans, really. I've had intentions, right, to fix it. So when am I going to fix it? Well, um, first I have to learn uh, how clocks work, and then I have to um, find out where to get the pieces, the different parts to, to replace, and then I have to fix So when am I going to fix it? When am I going to fix in the future, that's, I'm gone, in the future, in the future. You got anything in your basement? Do you think it's going to get fixed? 
We're talking about the beautiful story, the story of everything. God, creation, fall, redemption, reconciliation, all of it. The whole narrative arc. We've, and we've seen that a beautiful God made a beautiful world and put beautiful people in it. But then last week we saw how all of that beauty is threatened. How all of that beauty is threatened. You know, our own, our own red-handed mutiny, our own disobedient selfishness, it, it has ruptured our relationship with God. It's ruptured our relationship with ourselves. It's ruptured our relationship with others and, and ruptured our relationship with the world. And with all these relationships broken, the beauty that God created, it's, it's threatened. Actually, it's, it's, it's spun out. It's, it's twisted. It's bent. And it's, it's hell-bent toward death. Our own disobedience, our own turning away from God, throws everything on a track of destruction toward chaos and darkness. And we start to wonder, what will happen next? Does God have plans to fix it? And in fact, that's the world that we live in right now. Don't you feel it? Something's gone wrong. Something's off. Something is not the way it's supposed to be. Lisa Turkhurst is a very powerful um, leader, speaker, author. And, uh, and she's someone who's gone through more than her fair share of struggles, and pain, and brokenness. From cancer and illness to a very um, painfully public uh, marriage struggle. And she wrote a book to share her story. And the book she wrote, she she entitled, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. It's not supposed to be this way. Something's wrong. Can you relate to that? I mean, just look at the world that we're living in. We've got lives ravaged by disease, global disruption and pandemic, racial injustice, and cities descending into riots and chaos. Our cures feel as bad as our illnesses, and storms pile up on top of storms. Something's not right. And there's, a, there's a, a something inside of each of us that says it's not meant to be this way. There's a, there's a meant to be that, that we're not seeing, that we're not experiencing. There's a right way of life that somehow is distant from us now. And we don't know how to get from here home to there. Something's been lost or bent. It's not supposed to be this way. Does God have plans to fix it? Let me introduce you to a man named Abram and a beautiful promise from God. I'm among those who, uh, in understanding the beautiful story, I believe it's best understood by looking at these moments of covenant, particular beautiful moments of covenant. In fact, this is a Presbyterian and Reformed kind of way of thinking about the whole story. You've got to look at these moments. What's a covenant? A covenant, a covenant is a, it's a promise, but it's more than a promise. It's more than a promise. It's a binding oath. It's a relationship. It's, 
it's binding, but it's also uh, intimate. It's personal, but it's also universal in its scope. It changes everything at once. The covenants, God's plans to fix it, God's plan of redemption, God's plan to intervene, God's beautiful plan is seen in these beautiful, particular moments, you see. Covenants. Because God, God never wavers in his love toward all that he has made. God never wavers in his intention to save and redeem the world that he made and us in it. But you can't look at everything at once and grasp it. You can't look at the whole story just at once. You know, you've got to look at particular things. You've got to focus in. It's like someone says, hey, look at the mountains. You say, well, where? There. You've got to focus in. Covenants are God's way of, of, of letting us focus in and see that, that one point, that one point of clarity where the truth is distilled into something we can understand. A beautiful, beautiful promise. A covenant. It's not the way it's supposed to be. God has plans to fix it. And unlike my, uh, my cuckoo clock, God's plans are guaranteed. It's not just a promise. It's a covenant. Verse 1. After this, The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Abram, Abram, this is Abraham, as we know him. After this, it says, after this. After what? Well, let's catch up. After creation. A beautiful God made a beautiful world and put beautiful people within it. After that, after the fall, Adam and Eve, they turned from God and in their disobedience, the whole thing spun into pieces. After that, after the disobedience of mankind spread across the globe like wildfire, infecting and corrupting every single system and after God sent a flood. After this, after Noah and his family were saved through the flood, by the grace of God. And after Abram was, was called by God to get up and go from his home country and follow God, and, and Abram did. And after God announced that his plan to fix things was to create a nation of people descended from Abram, a blessed people to be a blessing to the whole world. And after Abram despaired of that promise, In his encroaching old age. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram Do not be afraid. Abram, I am your shield. I am your very great reward. Now, Noah, we mentioned Noah. Noah also experienced God's covenant. In Genesis 9, God said, This is the sign of the covenant I'm making between me and you and every living creature with you. A 
covenant for all generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the, yes, say it again, covenant, right? It's like fill in the blank, only the only answer is covenant, okay? This is like, uh, you know, this is uh, school at home 101. It gets easy, okay? There will be a covenant, okay, between me and the earth, a covenant. And what's the covenant? Well, it's, it's a rainbow. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful covenant. When you lose hope, when you lose confidence in the future, when you lose optimism about promises coming to bear, when you lose, when you despair of your future, here's a, here's a rainbow in the sky, a beautiful sign to lift your head and remind us of this promise, a promise with hope, beauty in the sky. And if you read it yourself, if you look into it, actually what God says is, what God says is, is I will see the rainbow. God says that he'll see the rainbow and remember the covenant. God will see it. See, God makes this covenant. And the bow in the, in the sky, if it's like a bow and arrow, it, it bends this way. I mean, if it's an, it bends toward heaven. I want you to keep that in mind. Just for a few minutes. A covenant. After all this. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your very great reward. Why would Abram be afraid? Let's walk it back again. Just a few chapters back, Abram was minding his own business when God reached down, tapped on his shoulder and said, it's time for you to get up and go. This is Genesis 12. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land, where? The land I will show you. Okay, voice from an unknown God. I'll just go to nowhere in particular until you show it to me. I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. It's a challenge. Abram has a decision to make. Abram has to get up and go and leave his, his home, his comfort zone. He leaves his, his reputation, his security, his, his, his family, everything that he's used to, his confident place, to strike out after the voice of God. And he does it. This is a key moment in the beautiful story. Why? Because we didn't know what was going to happen next. But now we see... God has a plan to fix it. God is not done with us. God's love is not finished with us. And God has a plan to intervene, to get involved, to redeem, to restore all that he has made, including us. And it starts right here with this one man, Abram. You know, it isn't just his comfort zone that he's leaving. Um, Abram is leaving everything that he's known. In the ancient world, as they say, the gods hung 
Lo, there is a God behind every tree. There is a God of the forest, a God of the river, a God of the mountain, a God of the field, a God of this, that, that. And Abram and his family, they would have a, a history with this region and all these so-called false gods. You know, they remember, oh, remember that time when the God of the harvest really came through for us? Oh, I remember that. Remember that time that the God of the forest stopped that storm before it got to us? We were so scared. And he, you've got all these memories, and it's all his, his, his comforts, his security, and it's all, I mean, it's all wrong, right? It's a false sense of security. But Abram has to leave all that behind now. Go after this one voice. This one God. He says, I'll bet it. I'll leave all that. I'll bet it all on you. And really, it's, it's in this, this sense that I'll bet it all on you based on this promise that he would have a long line of descendants. See, does Abram really know here who he's dealing with? Or does Abram kind of have a sense that maybe there's a God out there that wants to be my personal divine sponsor. And he kind of thinks, I'll go with you. I mean, I'll go with you. As long as you deliver what you're promising, I'm going to go with you. As long as you, you bring a bunch of descendants into my family line, I'll go with, I'm with you as long as you do for me. And now time has passed. And Abram is afraid. Fear grips him. See, what God says is, God, God says it's not, it's not what I'm going to do for you. And it's not what I'm going to do to you that matters. It's not what I'm giving you. I'm giving you myself. One more time, verse 1. I believe somebody needs to hear this. You need to hear this yourself. A word from the Lord. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your shield. Your very Great reward. See, in the beautiful story, it's not about what God has for you. It's that God is for you. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. Beautiful. Abram is still unsure. Verse 2. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus. I mean, you didn't do this thing that we, you know, this was the deal. And Abram said, Abram said, I, I've got something more. I'll tell you something else. You have given me no children. So a servant in my household will be my Heir. What's he saying? Lord, look, I'm looking for you to solve this specific problem. 
And if you can't fix this, if you, God, can't do this for me, if you can't solve this thing that I'm putting in front of you, then I don't know that I want to have anything else to do with you. Because if you can't do that, what else could I expect from my relationship with you? Listen, it's not what God can do for you. It's that God is for you that matters. What does God do? What does God do? Verse 4, then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir. But a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside. He said, look up at the, at the sky and count the stars. If you can count them. Because P.S. I can, right? And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. God is so, he's so merciful. He's so patient with us, isn't he? And then comes this key verse, this critical verse, so critical. It's quoted over and over again in the New Testament. It's critical for understanding salvation by faith alone. Verse 6, Abram believed the Lord. He believed the Lord. And he, God, credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed him. God is looking for faith, for trust, to believe. And on the expression of this faith and and belief and trust, God says, I credit it to you as righteousness. I I give you the credit. I count you righteous. I consider you righteous. in in right relationship. I add to you the credit of being rightly related to God. Not because you earned it, but because I give it to you. You see that? God gives it as righteousness and not without cost. That promise will have a cost. Well, it doesn't end there. Abram still needs help uh, believing. So I want you to see what God does for him and and what God does uh, for you and me. And you've got to kind of keep reading down in the story here in Genesis 15. Abram asks in verse 8, how can I know? How can I know? How can I know? And so this is what God does. He says, okay, Abram, bring me a, a set of animals to create a covenant ceremony. Let me explain this. In the ancient world, to make a covenant... Uh, to make a binding oath, this is what you did. You, the word covenant in Hebrew comes from the same word as, as to cut. So you would get a, a bunch of sacrificial animals, you'd cut them in two pieces, and you'd lay them out on, on a kind of a, an aisle of blood, a space in between them. And then you would, you would walk through that, that aisle to meet the person that you're making a covenant with. You'd say, I, I, I'm making a covenant with you. I'm passing through these. I know it's gross, right? Like it's really gross to think about, you know? Maybe you should try this the next time you're closing on a house. You say, I have, a, I have an idea. Let's do, let's do that. It's just a thing I heard of, you know, in the Bible. Or maybe just stick with the notary public. I don't know. But you pass through, and it's gross. <laughs> but it's dramatic. Because what you're saying is, look, this is my oath. And if I don't keep my word, let it be to me 
like it is to these. Consider this a binding oath, a life oath, a blood oath. And I walk the Isle of Blood. Abram, uh, he sets all that up, okay? But then God does something unexpected. Abram, you see, Abram doesn't walk through the, the covenantal aisle. Abram falls asleep. Verse 12. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. And then he sees a vision. Verse 17. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. The Lord made a covenant with Abram. Do you see that? The pot and the torch, they represent the presence of God. And Abram doesn't go through the covenant law. It's God who comes through the covenant law, comes toward Abram. And God makes a covenant with Abram. He says, this is my covenant. The Lord makes the covenant. Remember with Noah, when he saw the, the bow in the sky, and the, the bow in the sky, it points towards heaven. And God says, I make my covenant with you. And, and the, the bow, if it's a bow and arrow, there's an arrow that's stretching down aim straight at the heart of God. It's God who says, it's not on you, it's on me. I pass down the aisle of blood. I move through the broken pieces, the split parts. I'm the one who passes through the blood to make my promise secure. God makes the covenant, friends. And not without a cost. This covenant... This covenant would be sealed years later. Years later. When we read in Mark chapter 15. On another day. That darkness fell. At noon. Darkness. Came over the whole land. Until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon. Jesus cried out. In a loud voice. My God. My God, why have you forsaken me? From the cross, Jesus cries out as the heart of God is ripped in two pieces and God the Father Almighty makes a covenant with sinners. He makes covenant with you and with me through the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. Beautiful promise beautiful covenant. Don't be afraid, says the Lord. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. It isn't what I do for you. It's that I am for you. I don't give you. I give you myself. I make the covenant. In Jesus Only belief. And so later Paul would teach the Romans, therefore the promise comes by faith. By faith. Only believe. So that it may be by grace and 
and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring, not only those who are of the law, but also to those who have faith, the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. This is the beautiful story. A beautiful God makes his promise and he keeps it. He forms his covenant and he pays the cost to secure it. He seals it through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, a beautiful God, making a beautiful promise. He walks towards you. and he keeps a beautiful promise in Jesus. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Lord, thank you for your covenant of grace, for your promise of redemption. that you've walked through the rift in your own heart Lord for giving your life on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins help us to believe to believe in your promises to know that they are sure to believe in the covenant to know that you have hold it you held it by your own hand and you, you, you've sealed it by your own blood and we can believe in you and thank you Jesus for rising from the dead that all who call on you follow in your path to eternal life. Help us today to see the beauty and to believe in Jesus' name. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Colorado Springs area, we would love to meet you on a Sunday morning. To plan your visit, head to our website at firstprescos.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-C-O-S dot org.